Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So it seems as though this uh, report last week from the Calgary Police Service uh, about some of the uh, increases in, in calls to police, various crimes around the Sheldon Schumier Center, that it is a bit of a wake-up call, and, and it probably needs to be, that the uh, safe work site, the supervised consumption sites at the Sheldon Schumier Center is very much needed. It's certainly part of a, a strategy to address the opioid crisis. That doesn't mean that the people who live or work in the area should have to be collateral damage. You know, in the cause of, of, you know, some higher goal. So hopefully we can balance all of this. And we don't want to see, I don't think, public opinion turn against harm reduction. Maybe we're already starting to. With some people in, in the Beltline who maybe initially supported SafeWorks, having second thoughts about it. The community of Forest Lawn having second thoughts. I read today in the Calgary Herald about this mobile supervised consumption site. So perhaps that, that backlash is brewing. So what do we need to keep in mind when it comes to recognizing the benefits of harm reduction and the need for harm reduction? Well, joining us for some thoughts on that side of all of this, very pleased to welcome the program, Rebecca Haynes-Sop, who's an assistant professor of community health sciences at the O'Brien Institute for Health, part of the Coming School of Medicine at the University of Calgary. Professor, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, you've been watching this debate, obviously, and, and everything that's been uh, discussed since these uh, stats came out last week from the Calgary Police Service. Uh, are you concerned that there's uh, a backlash against uh, the concept of harm reduction or the public opinion might be turning against it? I'm concerned that there's a backlash and that the evidence is not necessarily being you know, portrayed in an open and honest way. Uh, Given the context of the renewal that just happened of the Schumer site uh, and some of the other media punditry I've I've seen around this that's trying to mobilize people when we're in the context of an election year and, um, you know, lack of support for this is very partisan, I think, in that regard. Right. Now, I mean, the the stats speak for themselves, I suppose, in the sense that they have talked about some of the issues that have arisen uh, over the last year and a bit since uh, SafeWorks open, but what, what do you think is being left out uh, of the conversation or even left out of these stats from, from the CPS? Yeah, I think that's a great point. In some ways, the numbers do speak for themselves, but you know, I'm not accusing the report of necessarily um, misrepresenting in an you know intentional way, but they leave out a lot around um, you know what percentage of people visited the site of the 55,000 almost over the 14 months it was open, and it was without incident, right? So what people are you know using the site to have a, a supervised. Uh, drug use and get attached to other services, have appropriate health care, and then leave. 
this is focusing on disorder around the site. I think it's also really interesting that a lot of the calls are related to things that are not necessarily uh, violent around unwanted guests and suspicious people and, and check on welfare. And that, to me, suggests that people in the community are worried about the site, they know it's there, and they're being hypervigilant, right? They have those concerns. It doesn't necessarily uh, suggest that it's a, a dangerous, unsafe environment for everyone. In terms of uh, strategies to address this, and, and I guess it's important to, to maintain that balance between, you know, ensuring public safety is addressed or at least addressing these concerns, but also not discouraging people from making use of these services from what you've seen so far about what's been proposed by Councillor Evan Woolley at City Hall, this 12-step plan they're talking about to, to address some of these issues. Does it strike the right balance in your view? Yeah, I didn't have a chance to review the full 12-step plan, but I have been following this, and I know some of the suggestions are around uh, increased police presence, and we have to remember that that's a delicate balance in terms of, you know, um, preventing people from feeling like they can come and use the site. I was happy to see, you know, the investment in the DOPE team that's going to be doing outreach uh, and more more dedicated resources for needle debris cleanup. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are important investments. I also think, um, you know, that we can engage with community members in a meaningful way and talk to them around um, this conversation around harm reduction and, and benefits to people in the community. Drug use is happening across Calgary. You know, crime is up across downtown. We can't just sweep this under the rug and take away these services and expect that everything's going to be fine and the problem's going to go away. We have a real problem. We have continued high rates of fentanyl deaths. We can't just ignore this. Well, and, and I mean, it's important to have this at the Sheldon Schumer because there are mental health services available at the, the Schumer. There are addiction services available at the Schumer Center. But should we also have other sites around the city, if indeed, as you say, uh, you know, the problem of drug use and addiction and overdoses is not confined to any one area in Calgary. Yeah, that's right. And we do have evidence from Alberta, um, multiple needs assessment carried out in our cities in Edmonton and Calgary, um, saying that people who use drugs will not travel great distances to use these services. So the idea, for example, around the pushback from the Forest Lawn community that's going to attract uh, all these new users who are from outside the community to come to the mobile SES in that community, that's just not what the evidence tells us. It's going to serve people who are using drugs currently in Forest Lawn and improve their um, circumstances, attach them to health services, and provide them with a safe place where they're not going to overdose. In terms of the importance of harm reduction and as part of an overall strategy to address this opioid crisis, I mean, harm reduction on its own uh, does not end the crisis, does not cure addiction even, but it's an important step in keeping people alive. And getting that help, where does it fit in? Why is it so valuable from your perspective? Well, it is part of a spectrum of how we treat addiction. The most important thing about harm reduction that I think is that there's a misperception that it condones and encourages drug use. And that's simply not the case. It's a pragmatic approach that's based on compassion, saying people are using drugs for whatever reason they're not able to stop. 
and this is where we can meet them where they're at and provide them with life-saving health services. I think Calgarians really have to ask themselves, you know, do we want to have supervised consumption or do we want to have unsupervised consumption and greater overdose deaths, right? These services also save money, which I know is, you know, many people are talking about taxpayer investment, you know, these services prevent ambulance calls, uh, you know, they often prevent trips to the ED. They can reverse an overdose and care for the person on site. So ultimately, they do save us money in that regard. Right. And yeah, and I think it's it's harder for people to see. I mean, we, we see the immediate cost of, of establishing this or the immediate cost of, say, having more resources in the area. You know, we don't see the impact uh, of preventing these other problems that, that cost the system more in the long term. They're, those savings are, are less visible. Yeah, and there's also, I think, the compassionate and ethical approach, you know, and this has been critiqued, oh, well, you're just a bleeding heart, you know, you want to save these people who, who don't care about themselves. I think ultimately, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, these services provide life-saving health care. Uh, it's a human right for everyone, regardless of the health condition you have. So if the health condition you have is that you're a drug user, you still have that right to those services. <laughs> well, there, there is a lot of stigma still around addiction, isn't there? I think there is, and there's many people, make no mistake, you know, people are saying, let's, you know, if, if you support this, put it in your own community. But there is drug use going on in all of our communities. I have a research project with parents whose children have died of overdose and substance-related causes, you know, from across Canada and Alberta, and many of these are, quote-unquote, you know, middle-class, good families where this has happened. So the idea that this is only a problem of inner-city people is, is just not the case. The question, though, of how they're acquiring these drugs, and maybe that's that's still an issue because um, they, inevitably they're getting it from illicit to illegal sources. I mean, how, how do we address that side of it? Because eventually that, that brings a criminal element in, into the equation. Yeah, I think with the conversation around cannabis legalization and the harms of prohibition, you know, we've had some demonstrated evidence and, and good good understanding in the public that criminalizing drug use has harms. We're still not there for other illicit substances, but obviously other models from Portugal and other countries and jurisdictions that have decriminalized show overall that decrease in drug-related harms. It's hard for people to wrap their heads around because we have um, had this war on drugs and this context of, you know, anyone who uses illegal drugs is a bad and immoral person, but it's really the criminalizing of the substances that is associated with more harms and trap people in a cycle where they're socially marginalized and on the fringes of society. Some important perspective on all of this. Uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. All right. So that's uh, Professor Rebecca haynes Son from the University of Calgary, the um, O'Brien Institute for Public Health, part of the coming School of Medicine at the U of C. So her thoughts on the value of harm reduction as part of uh, an overall strategy in addressing this opioid uh, and addiction crisis. We're going to hear from uh, Councillor Evan Woolley coming up yesterday, or, or coming up after the, the bottom of the hour news yesterday at City Hall. Uh, Council unanimously approved this notice of motion that Councillor Woolley had brought forward, which calls for a number of things, including you know heightened police presence in the area, etc., to address some of these issues. So does that mean that it's going to go forward? Uh, Mayor Nenshi yesterday suggesting that the unanimous vote doesn't necessarily mean that all of the initiatives will go forward. I don't know if those 12 things are the right 12 things. I think they're exactly the right questions to ask. Maybe we implement eight of them. Maybe we implement all 12. Maybe we implement 16. And there's other ones we don't know. 
All right, let's get to the phones here quickly. I want to say uh, hello to Daniel. Daniel, welcome to the program. Hello, uh, Rob. Hi, Daniel. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I am a condo owner in uh, Memorial Park area, which was a beautiful area a couple of years ago. Now with this uh, safe injection site, this professor is living in La La Land. I would like to invite her for few days to the area to see firsthand how bad it is. It's unbelievable. Drugs people all over the place. Our property is completely damaged every single day. Our uh, manager has to kick druggies out on daily basis, dealing with police reports on daily basis. It's just totally unacceptable what's going on over there. You know, it's, it's, you, you would want to see some pictures. We have even block, which it's set up by, uh, community there because it's super bad how, how, uh, those people are affecting whole neighborhood. People uh, living in the area, it just, it's, it's going downhill every single day. It's worse. And, you know, in my opinion, the, what they are talking about, it's completely skewed because they are saving, they're saying that they are saving 800 lives a year. But it's really so. Maybe they save 80 lives sometimes because some of those guys are overdosing on a daily basis. Some of them were saved twice per day. If you ask about those statistics, they cannot tell you how many times they save same person over and over and over. Yeah, that's the, fair the whole neighborhood is totally frustrated. Uh, we don't even know what to do next because it's a uh, city doesn't want to have nothing to do with it. Well, it sounds like they do. Daniel, I, I appreciate the phone call. i got to let you go here. But we're going to hear from City Councilor Evan Woolley coming up in a few minutes to talk about what the city plans to do. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.